Section 2 of Institutes of the Christian Religion, Book 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Institutes of the Christian Religion, Book 1 by John Calvin. Translated by Henry Beveridge. Printer's Note and Original Translator's Preface. The Printers to the Readers. Whereas some men have thought and reported it to be very great negligence in us, for that we have so long kept back from you this, being so profitable a work for you, namely before the master John Dawes had translated and delivered it into our hands more than a twelve month past, you shall understand for our excuse in that behalf that we could not well imprint it sooner, for we have been by diverse necessity causes constrained with our earnest entreatance to procure and other freed or ours to translate it whole again this translation we trust you shall well allow for it hath not only been faithfully done by the translator himself but also hath been wholly perused by such men whose ingenement and credit all the godly learned in england well know i esteem but since it is now come forth we pray you accept it and see it if any faults have passed us by oversight we beseech you let us have your patience as you have had our diligence the institutes of christian religion written in latin by m john calvin and translated into english according to the author's last edition with sundry tables to find the principal matters entreated of in this book and also the declaration of places of scripture therein expounded by thomas norton whereunto there are newly added in the margin of the book notes containing in briefs the substance of the matters handled in each section printed at london by arnold hatfield for bonham norton fifteen ninety nine the original translator's preface prefixed to the fourth edition fifteen eighty one and reprinted verbatim in all the subsequent editions. Thomas Norton, the translator to the reader. Good reader, here is now offered you, the fourth time printed in English, M. Calvin's book of the Institution of Christian Religion, a book of great labor to the author, and of great profit to the Church of God. M. Calvin first wrote it when he was a young man, a book of small volume, and since that season he has at sundry times published it with new increases, still protesting at every edition himself to be one of those que scribendo proficiunt et proficiendo scribunt, which with their writing do grow in profiting, and with their profiting do proceed in writing, at length having in many of his other works traveled about exposition of sundry books of the scriptures, and in the same finding occasion to discourse of sundry commonplaces and matters of doctrine which being handled according to the occasions of the texts that were offered him and not in any other method were not so ready for the reader's use he therefore entered into this purpose to enlarge this book of institutions and therein to treat all of those titles and commonplaces largely with this intent that whatsoever any occasion fell in his other books to treat of any such cause he would not newly amplify his books of commentaries and expositions therewith but refer his reader wholly to this storehouse and treasure of that sort of divine learning 
as age and weakness grew upon him so he hastened his labor and according to his petition to god he in manner ended his life with his work for he lived not long after so great a jewel was meet to be made most beneficial that is to say applied to most common use therefore in the very beginning of the queen's majesty's most blessed reign i translated it out of latin into english for the commodity of the church of christ at the special request of my dear friends of worthy memory reginald wolfe and edward witchchurch the one her majesty's printer for the hebrew greek and latin tongues the other her highness's printer of the books of common prayer i performed my work in the house of my said friend edward witchchurch a man well known of upright heart and dealing an ancient zealous gospeler as plain and true a friend as ever i knew living and as desirous to do anything to common good especially by the advancement of true religion at my first said edition of this book i considered how the author thereof had of long time purposefully labored to write the same most exactly and to pack great plenty of matter in small room of words yea and those so circumspectly and precisely ordered to avoid the cavillations of such as for enmity to the truth therein contained would gladly seek and abuse all advantages which might be found by any oversight in penning of it that the sentences were thereby become so full as nothing might well be added without idle superficiality and again so highly paired that nothing could be diminished without taking away some necessary substance of matter therein expressed this manner of writing beside the particular terms of arts and figures and the difficulty of the matters themselves being throughout interlaced with the school men's controversies made a great hardness in the author's own book in that tongue wherein otherwise he is both plentiful and easy insomuch that it sufficeth not to read him once unless you can be content to read in vain this consideration encumbered me with great doubtfulness for the whole order and frame of my translation if i should follow the words i saw that of necessity the hardness in the translation must needs be greater than it was in the tongue wherein it was originally written if i should leave the course of words and grant myself liberty after the natural manner of my own tongue to say that in english which i conceive to be his meaning in latin i plainly perceive how hardly i might escape error and on the other side in this matter of faith and religion how perilous it was to err for i durst not presume to warrant myself to have his meaning without his words and they that wet what it is to translate well and faithfully especially in matters of religion do know that not the only grammatical construction of words suffices but the very building in order to observe all advantages of vehemence or grace by placing or accent of words maketh much to the true setting forth of a writer's mind in the end i rested upon this determination to follow the words so near as the phrase of the english tongue would suffer me which purpose i so performed that if the english book were printed in such paper and letter as the latin is it should not exceed the latin in quantity thereby beside all other commodities that a faithful translation of so good a work may bring this one benefit 
is moreover provided for such as are desirous to attain some knowledge of the latin tongue which is at this time to be wished in many of those men whose profession this book most fitly serveth that they shall not find any more english than shall suffice to construe the latin withal except in such a few places where the great difference of the phrases of the languages enforced me so that comparing one with the other they shall both profit in good manner and furnish themselves with understanding of that speech wherein the greatest treasures of knowledge are disclosed in doing hereof i did not only trust mine own wit or ability but examined my whole doing from sentence to sentence throughout the whole book with conference and overlooking of such learned men as my translation being allowed by their judgment i did both satisfy mine own conscience that i had done truly and their approving of it might be a good warrant to the reader that nothing should herein be delivered him but sound unmingled and uncorrupted doctrine even in such sort as the author himself had first framed it all that i wrote the grave learned and virtuous man m david whitehead whom i name with honorable remembrance did amongst other things compare with the latin examining every sentence throughout the whole book beside all this i privately required many and generally all men with whom i ever had any talk of this matter that if they found anything either not truly translated or not plainly englished they would inform me thereof promising either to satisfy them or to amend it since which time i have not been advertised by any man of anything which they would require to be altered neither had i myself by reason of my profession being otherwise occupied any leisure to peruse it and that is the cause why not only at the second and third time but also at this impression you have no change at all in the work but altogether as it was before indeed i perceived many men well-minded and studious of this book to require a table for their ease and furtherance their honest desire i have fulfilled in the second edition and have added thereto a plentiful table which is also here inserted which i have translated out of the latin wherein the principal matters discoursed in this book are named by their due titles in order of alphabet and under every title is set forth a brief sum of the whole doctrine taught in this book concerning the matters belonging to that title are commonplace and therewith is added the book chapter and section or division of the chapter where the same doctrine is more largely expressed and proved and for the reader finding thereof i have caused the number of the chapters to be set upon every leaf of the book and quoted the sections also by their due numbers with the usual figures of algorithm and now at this last publishing my friends by whose charge it is now newly imprinted in a roman letter and smaller volume with divers other tables which since my second edition were gathered by m marlate to be translated in here and added for your benefit moreover whereas in the first edition the evil manner of my scribbling hand the interlining of my copy and some other causes well known among the workmen of that facility made very many faults to pass the printer 
I have in the second impression caused the book to be composed by the printed copy and corrected by the written, whereby it must needs be that it was much more truly done than the other was, as I myself do know above three hundred faults amended. And now at this last printing, the composing after a printed copy bringeth some ease, and the diligence used about the correction having been right faithfully looked into it. It cannot be much more truly set forth. This is also performed that the volume being smaller, with a letter fair and legible, it is of more easy price, that it may be of more common use, and so to more large communicating of so great a treasure to those that desire Christian knowledge for instruction of their faith and guiding of their duties. Thus on the printer's behalf and mine, your ease and commodity good readers provided for now resteth your own diligence for your own profit in studying it to spend many words in, in commending the work itself are needless yet thus much i think i may both not unruly and not vainly say that though many great learned men have written books of commonplaces of our religion as melanchthon and char Chirius, and others whose works are very good and profitable to the church of god Yet by consenting judgment of those that understand the same, there is none to be compared to this work of Calvin, both for its substantial sufficiency of doctrine and the sound declaring of truth in articles of our religion, the large and learned confirmation of the same, and the most deep and strong confutation of all old and new heresies, so that the holy scriptures accepted this is one of the most profitable books for all students of Christian divinity, wherein, good readers, as I am glad for the glory of God and for your benefit that you may have this profit of my travel, so I beseech you, let me have this use of your gentleness, that my doings may be construed to such good end as I have meant them, and that if anything mislike you by reason of hardness or any other cause that may seem to be my default, you would not forthwith condemn the work, but read it after, in which doing you will find, as many have confessed to me, that they have found by experience that those things which at the first reading shall displease you for hardness shall be found so easy as so hard matter would suffer, and for the most part more easy than some other phrase which should be greater looseness and smooth sliding away deceive your understanding. I confess, indeed, it is not finely and pleasantly written, nor careth with it such delightful grace of speech as some great wise men have bestowed upon some foolisher things. Yet it containeth sound truth, set forth with faithful plainness, without wrong done to the author's meaning. And so, if you accept and use it, you shall not fail to have great profit thereby, and I shall think my labor very well employed." Thomas Norton. End of section two. Recorded by Lyle Wilson, Haymarket, Virginia. May 2009.